You'll get me for that later. <laughs> Well-deserved. Well-deserved. I love working with this man, let me tell you. Leanne and I love to take adventures. And when we go on vacations, and we've been gone a lot lately, and we're going to go for about four weeks as of this coming Saturday. But we were in Virginia, and Virginia, if you've ever been there, is a beautiful state in which to drive. Well, we like something unusual. I looked at an atlas map from where we were sitting, and looking, I thought, what, is, what could be interesting for us to go to, because so many presidents have come from Virginia, as there is a lot of history there. And so then I looked at the map, and I found the most amazing thing. There was a town on the atlas map, and the name of the town was Cuckoo. Cuckoo? Who in the world would name a town Cuckoo of all incredible things? So we drove to find Cuckoo, and we drove about 11 miles. The sign from where we were coming in the north said four miles to Cuckoo, and then two miles to Cuckoo. And we came to a junction, no Cuckoo. Well, where is Cuckoo? So then we drove another seven or eight miles south, couldn't find Cuckoo, turned around, came back, the four-mile sign, Cuckoo. Two miles to Cuckoo, junction, Cuckoo. Where's Cuckoo? Same thing happened from the east, same thing happened from the west, and we still couldn't figure it out. We were about to give it up until uh, I saw two plaques on a fence. I thought, wait a minute. So we turned around, came back, and looked at these two plaques up on a fence. One had to do with a mansion over to the side where three generations of doctors had lived. There was a museum there now, and that was it, you know. I thought, well, what ever happened to Cuckoo? Well, that, why is, is that on the map? And then the other placket shows there was, a, there was a man who was a soldier, and there was a saloon in that day, a long time ago, during the Revolutionary War, that was the Cuckoo Saloon next to the doctor's place of residence. And so as I looked at that plaque, it told the story about the British were coming, the British were coming, and they wanted to be sure that Patrick Henry, the governor of Virginia, would hear. And so one guy like Paul Revere rode his horse practically all night to get to Charlottesville to tell them that the British were coming, got to do something. And because of that moment, we discovered, and I read, I looked everywhere in the net to find more about Cuckoo, and I'll tell you uh, that then he got there in time to tell, to tell uh, Patrick Henry that the British are coming, and so they were able to move and do what had to be done. And actually, that particular battle saved a, a lot of the nation at that particular time. So we went cuckoo looking for cuckoo, and I got cuckoo looking for cuckoo. And so I lead into my message this morning realizing that I have been in Evan's office three times on my own. This is the third time. The other two is when I preached in October, November, five years ago in this church. So I was there Friday because he was gone. That's his day out. So I went through a lot of his books checking different aspects to this particular text because it's not an easy text at all. I saw it in the lectionary about five or six weeks ago, and I was quite enamored with that text. And so as I read it, I'm not going to do work with all 11 verses, 
but I will work with those that are practically about five verses that say quite a bit, and I just want to get into it with you. And it reads, again, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. Now, let's get something straight. The first four chapters here about justification. Justification is the prelude into the whole arena of salvation. Justification of faith. You've heard that phrase many times. It means justification of being made righteous with God. I wish my legs would stop shaking. (laughs) Anyway, so... Uh, Keep that in mind as you think of this, because this is a great, great passage. So, justification of faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, God rules in the Old Testament. God and Jesus rules in the New Testament. Jesus, the New Testament counterpart to Yeshua or Yesu. uh, In the New Testament, Yeshua or Joshua in the Old Testament. Christ, not his last name but his title, the Anointed One, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace by which we now stand. Grace, the unmerited or undeserved love of God. Grace we see from this part, which is we look upward towards God, and faith is our domain, our response to that grace which God gives us. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. What got me was when I read this part of the third verse, just ahead of it in verse 2, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And verse 3 says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. And I asked myself when I looked at that part of the text, what's going on here? What's going on here anyway? And I thought, I kept mumbling about that until I wandered over into verse 6. And there that gave me a clue. You see, at just the right time when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Now I'm beginning to get it. We know that we are, we are to love our neighbors and we are to love those that even persecute us, and that's not easy. And by the way, this is not easy. Suffering will either make us bitter or it can make us better. A long time ago when I was a student, and I was just plain Bob then, and, I'm still, and I want you to know I'm still just plain Bob now, so like he's Evan, I'm Bob. But I know I went to a church to serve three churches for a time in the 50s, way back. My first call, and a call for every night except Saturday and Sunday for a month, was on a lady by the name of Mamie Steinkruger. I'll never forget her. Mamie had cancer, and it was the worst kind, and she suffered badly. And it turned out that every night I would visit with Walter. I had nothing else to do. I was by myself. And so we would sit and talk and talk about all kinds of things. I was trying to encourage him and stand by uh, Mamie as she was slowly dying. And I asked her one time, I says, Mamie, how do you do it? How do you, do, how do you stay so positive? Your body is aching and racking with pain. How do you do it? She said, just one thing. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. 
And she was talking about the heavenly realm. And I thought, well, that will, that will work. And that really makes it speak a great deal. So when I thought about that, God, that Jesus had died for the ungodly in this text, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks a few weeks ago. Ah, of course. Jesus from the cross. When he looked down on those guys that, were what, that had nailed him and put the nails through his feet, and I've read different pictures of the, of the crucifixion, whether they put the both feet together, nailed both together or separately, the picture, the regular pictures show separately, but probably it was done, but turning the feet sideways, shoving them up under his hind den and just putting the nail through. And I thought, and even then he was suffering, and, it, and all that thorns just ripping out in his flesh and his head. And I have read a doctor's edition of what must, might have happened to Jesus, and it's not very pretty to read, I'll tell you. And yet, even then, as they were gambling with the, the Roman game of knuckle bones like some other game today, he said to them and to those who could hear, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. All of a sudden, this started to make greater sense to me personally about how this verse, tying in with that verse from the cross, truly speaks to me. So suffering is difficult, isn't it? And I know the time when my mom died when I was 12. I had a most difficult time with the whole domain of suffering. Thank God for the right pastor at the right time that guided my steps when I was 12 through a most tremendous ordeal, which was so difficult for me indeed. And so we rejoice, rejoice, share the joy, see the gladness, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, I think it comes down to this, that we have to say in our minds, in spite of this affliction, in spite of this suffering, in spite of what's happening to my body, I will still rejoice to all, with Almighty God. I will celebrate with Jesus Christ that which is the blessings of all the gospel that is so enrichment. In spite of all, I will still be able to do this. And I saw that in Mamie, who I, I buried sometime later. And I said, you know, Walter, I've never done a funeral. I don't even know how to do it since I'm a student pastor. I said, so if you want to get somebody else you know from bygone days, bring them in. No, Bob, he said, I want you to do it. I said, well, I'll probably stammer and stutter all the way through it. He said, I don't care if you stutter and stammer all the way through You've been my pastor for 30 days and you've been right by my side and you've prayed for Mamie and you're going to do it. And I said to myself, thanks a lot. <laughs> but I did it and got it done. Praise be to God. Praise be to God that it was done. So, do I say there's an easy answer? Of course there is an easy answer. How you handle it may be a part of where your faith walk is. And, and it varies. And one thing is you don't just accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and stop. You have to be a person who's growing in faith and you must keep it going. You must come to grips with how does the Holy Spirit work in your life. The Holy Spirit is the gift that Jesus gave us, a great gift. He said, and lo, I will be with you always, even unto the end, our end as well as any uh, the end of the earth. And so there's a great, there's a great consolation in all that because... It says here, 
we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces a leading into produce, leading into from the prodecare from Latin, a leading into perseverance, a strength of handling it no matter what. The perseverance will lead us into character, being a stronger character in Jesus and a character in hope. And he doesn't leave hope alone in verse 5. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. That's a wow. Amen? What was that? Amen. Amen. You know that's true. And so that's, that's, that to me gives me the news. I hope that if I ever have any kind of additional pain, which I now know, don't have, I, I have to congratulate my wife, Leanne. And I want to, by the way, I want to thank you for your prayers for her foot. She's still wrapped up. It was a quick thing that happened two weeks ago last night when we were catering at the Roker uh, Berry Farm. Some of you probably have been there. And it turned out that there was water in the bottom of a pan, hot, scalding water. And we were trying to move a dish to take it and replace an empty dish because we were catering that. I was off to the side, but we both tried to move it. And in the moving, it collapsed the table, and she got the full blow of the hot water on her foot. And I'm telling you, she never yelled. She didn't yelp. I don't know if I could have not yelped and yelled. But there she had to hang on to the dish she was hanging on to, and she needed that sneaker off as quickly as possible, and I ran for ice. And so then uh, she finally got it off, and then uh, she's been healing, and she's doing quite well, and she's here this morning. But thank you for her, your prayers for her as well as you have prayed for Evan. And we appreciate that very, very much. So all this gives us a sense of rightness about it all. You know, when you think of different things, I think of how many watch Dancing with the Stars? Well, you know, we've watched the program, the great program, Dancing with the Stars. And imagine, a deaf guy wins it. A guy deaf wins it. How does he do it? I know how he did it. He had the right partner. He had the right partner. And it's the same with us. How do we dance our dance of life? It's because we have the right partner. We have the right partner. The Holy Spirit is with us. The gift that Jesus gave us in here. That's what it is. That's why I love that beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Not that way. In here. In here. Way deep. But we'll see him through different acts, through different aspects of creation, whatever. But my gracious, uh, what a chance. There's a story about a man. I'm hanging on to this because I'm want, my knees are starting to slow down now. I was shaking like crazy over there. Something about over there that doesn't work, but this will. But <laughs> there's a story about a guy by the name of Chad Hymas. Chad Hymas was one who was baling hay. And there are different ways to bale hay on his farm. Turned out he had the fork and he had it pitched up in the air. There was a ton, there was a ton of baled hay. And he was, and the fork went up and up to put it somewhere else. And all of a sudden it got away and it came back and rolled on him, pushed his head down against the steering wheel, snapped his neck, and broke his spinal cord. And for two years he tried to learn how to do different things. 
wondering if he could take care of his family anymore. How was he going to support them? What was he going to do? Would his wife stay by him? And so Chad Hamas Chad Hamas came up with an interesting idea. He decided that he would get on a three-wheel bicycle, a hand bike, and that he was going to bike from Salt Lake City, 513 miles to Las Vegas. Now the trip was not easy by any means. He was open to do it 11 days and 11 nights just to do this. Now, he was stricken from the neck on down except for some mobility in his arms, and his forearms. And so he started out at night, and some went with him for a while, a car behind him with, blood, with the lights of the car to help him see where he was going. And then there was a part of the trip where, on a, on a road that nobody, very few people traveled on, turned out that he came across crickets, lots of tons and tons of crickets, and crunching and crunching, and he was only four inches off from uh, the highway, and, and a lot of them were crawling all over him, and he was itching, and they were just crawling all over, and he wanted to give it up, and when he went up a hill that was eight miles long, he just couldn't see how he could ever manage to do that, and more than once to friends, he said, I think I'm going to quit, I don't think I can do this anymore. But he kept trying and trying with the encouragement of friends and praying to God. And then finally, the time came when he saw the glittering lights of Las Vegas. And there he could see that he could make it. <clears throat> and then he decided, what can I do with my life now? Well, he decided he could use his voice. And since that time, since he completed the 513 miles, he travels the globe telling his story and that gives him the money he needs to continue the great, great journey. Story of a quadriplegic. Getting close. Uh, this is, tomorrow is the, is the 240th celebration of our country, the writing of the Declaration of Independence by Thomas Jefferson. I heard different songs yesterday with Leanne on the, on the net and thinking of what all of our, all of the military, what they're doing. I think of different people who have suffered on our behalf, soldiers in different places, a different listing in the prayer you heard from Evan of praying for different places where people have suffered because of loss of life. Some, we think of those who've died, but let us also think of those who are injured, who some of them may never get over those injuries. They're by the dozens out there. And so it's a great time to remember what is happening in our nation. We sometimes think we're in the ninth inning and, it, and we're, not, we're losing our nation to Christ. And I think we're, you know what I think? I think we're in the first inning. We're just beginning the ball game. Is there an amen to that? We need to, we need to be Christians who really stand up for what we believe in this nation, different places where our voice and our time can make a definite difference. It so turns out that I was reading for myself. Because I was thinking of those, and I think of missionaries, and a family here, of course, has one in a distant land and with a different culture, and we have others we're supporting in this church, I know, that are in other lands with critical situations, and they need to be prayed for every day because of what they're doing uh, to present the gospel of Jesus Christ where they are. I was thinking of the, of the Supreme Court building, and I read about, I decided to look up Supreme Court. I was tickled to death to know that on the door, 
the Ten Commandments are forged in. And I was tickled to death to find out that in the entrance to the federal court, the Supreme Court main courtroom at the bottom is, etched, is just hammered in again, the Ten Commandments. And then where the ten sit, you know, where the nine sit, excuse me, where the nine sit, above them, behind them, are the Ten Commandments. And you ain't going to take them away, baby. You ain't going to take them away. They're going to stay a while. That's, that's great news, isn't it? It's great news to know. And to know there are Bible verses all over Washington, D.C., and many of the federal buildings. They ain't going to take that away, if I might say, ain't. I'm using it purposely here. You know, it's true. It's just a great thing. But what gets me now is just one more. The Washington Monument is the highest building in Washington, D.C. It is 555 feet, five and a half inches high. At the very, and at the bottom, all of the bottom on all four sides of this obelisk, as they call it, are exactly 55. I don't know the figure five, where that came from, but 55 feet, 55 feet, 55 feet, 55 feet. And at the apex, I remember from years ago, I had forgotten the slogan until I just found it, that in the very top of the Washington Monument are two Latin words, laus deo. Laus Deo. It means <clears throat> praise be to God. The highest point in Washington has the words in Latin, praise be to God. And they ain't going to take that away, baby. They're not going to take that away either. <clears throat> there are a lot of things they're not going to take away which represent our Christian faith of those who worked it for our betterment. And so I say to you, there may be suffering. How you handle it is where your faith walk will take you in Jesus Christ with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, but I pray to God that as you think about those you know who are suffering, that you will help them with your encouragement to see that their faith and that faith walk and that which they know to be Jesus that we learn through the Gospels and the letters of Paul, all these things will be that support that can help them. Just like Mamie said, I may be hurting and I may be dying, but I know where I am. Oh, amen. Amen. And again, I read this line as I close. <clears throat> not We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, character hope, <clears throat> because God has poured out his Love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which he has gave, given us. Praise be to God. I got through my cuckoo and preaching experience. And may that spirit of Jesus be with you as you face all things and tribulations of your life. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we just take these moments to give thanks for your glory. We give thanks that sometimes that suffering may be a teaching thing even though it's difficult to see through it because it seems like such a fog. But help us to see through that fog that on the other side, that there's a wide open space of clear, clarity that will say to us, we must endure, that sometimes those sufferings give us an, an opportunity to see something we haven't seen before. So help us to endure our sufferings, help us to see through those sufferings, and help us to know that we'll be the better for it and not the bitter for it, because we are Jesus' people, and we're going to stand strong as we can to be an example to others. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.